Hey, Reach Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our midweek service that features three messages in one with Pastor Jacob Lopez, Johnny Alcarez, and Pastor Rob Santiago. Enjoy this message. God is here already. I mean, we've been praying and fasting for the past couple days, and I believe God is doing something here. I believe we're hungry for the word. I believe we're hungry for conference. We're expecting and we're anticipating a move of God. And and I believe he's going to honor that. I believe he's going to bless it. And so I'm going to speak a little bit tonight. You guys can sit. You guys can stand up. Whatever you guys want to do, we're just going to see what happens. We're going to allow the, the, the spirit of God to just flow in this place and and so I have the opportunity to speak a little bit tonight on, on reach. I, I, I don't take this lightly because this is, this is who we are. Not only is this the name of our church, but this is our vision. This is our mission. This is the reason why we're here. Now I read the definition of reach and I'm gonna read it to you guys. It says this, to reach is to stretch out an arm in a specified direction in order to touch or grasp something. That is who we are. Our church, we reach in a specified direction toward the lost. Our church is here to reach the lost souls for the kingdom of God. We're here to reach the drug addict. We're here to reach people who who feel like life isn't worth living. We're here to reach the people who are lost. And if we, if we all know something is that we're all lost. Without Christ, how many of you guys know that we're going nowhere in life, right? You see, well, well, Jacob, well, why do you, why are we called to reach? Why do you want to reach the lost? And this is something that I've been pondering for, for a good time, especially during this week, is we reach the lost because God reached us first. I, I don't think we, we understand how much God loves us. It says in the Bible, in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, While we were still sinners, Christ died for you. You see, knowing what you were going to do in the past, knowing how you were going to act, knowing how you were going to think, knowing what you would do, Yet Christ still died for you guys. This is something that we can't forget. That Jesus came down as a human being and he sacrificed his life so that we could be reached. So that we can be saved. His sole purpose was to reach us before death got a hold of us. It says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. You see, without Christ, guys, we're all lost. Without Jesus in our lives, we have nothing. But the greatest thing about Jesus is not only after he reaches for us, not only after does he save us, he changes our lives, but he gives our lives a purpose. Jesus gives us a meaning to live. He gives us a reason to live. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 20, and this is our reason to live. 
It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The moment Jesus reaches us, he gives us a purpose in life. He gives us a a commandment in life to go and reach the world. Go and preach the gospel. Go and preach the good news that Jesus loves them, that Jesus died on the cross for them. You know, the the unfortunate thing in life is not all of us are going to take that call. Not, not all of us are going to respond to the call to reach the lost for the kingdom. Yeah, I'm not talking about this church, guys, like my dad says, talking about the church down the street. But that's, that's the reality. The truth is a lot of you in this room will not take that call. See, the reason why some Christians don't take up that call is Let's be honest, we sometimes forget how lost we were. We sometimes forget what God has taken us from, what God has taken us out of, and, and we think and we, we, we come to church entitled, I, I deserve a blessing, God. I deserve your favor. I deserve to be in your presence. And it's become entitlement instead of being grateful for what Jesus has done in your life. If if we don't come to the Lord with a grateful heart, we'll never respond to the lost. We'll never respond to the lost because we ourselves don't even know that we're lost. See, not only do we forget to be grateful, but we do something else. It's something called diffusion of responsibility. Now what this is, it refers to the fact that as the number of people increase in an area, the personal responsibility that an individual person feels begins to decrease. You see, the sad thing is, is the more people come to church, the more people come to know the Lord, the less people will feel responsible to reach the lost. While Jason and Johnny have it together, they're gonna reach the lost, it's okay. I know, I know my friend needs a, to know about the Lord, but I think somewhere around him, he has a friend that's a Christian. They're probably going to talk to him. And we begin to diffuse our responsibility and we begin to put it on other people. But check this out in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37. It says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. See, the reality is this, is there are some people in your life some people, whether they're family members, friends, co-workers, if you do not reach out to them, if you don't tell them about the gospel, if you don't tell them what Jesus has done for them, they're never going to know. They're never going to know because you didn't take the responsibility to reach out to them. I was reading an article, and it says in 1993... of Christians who had shared their faith agreed 
that it is, it is their responsibility of every Christian to share their faith. But today, just 64% believe it's their responsibility. See, I'm here to tell you tonight that it's our responsibility to reach the lost. Jesus commanded all of us to do this. See, there, there, there's people in life that are broken, that are still addicted, that are still lost. And believe me, they will continue to be lost if you don't reach out to them. You see, I thank God for our pastors. I thank God that for people who continue to reach after the lost. But I'm here to challenge you guys. It's time for us to take responsibility. See, it's time for us to see the importance of reaching the lost. It's time for us to actually believe in the gospel. You see, it's easy to come to church and say, amen, Lord, I, I received that. But if you go home and you don't do anything about it, I really doubt if you believe in the gospel. Because if you would believe in the gospel, you wouldn't be waiting on somebody else to reach out to other people. It's time for us to take responsibility to reach the lost. You see, well, I can't, I can't reach out to anybody. I don't really know the Bible. I don't, I, I don't have a degree. I, I don't have any good education. I mean, I, I went to OFL. Any OFL in here, opportunities for learning? I barely even graduated. My wife had to help me graduate. My dad jokes around that my wife has two high school diplomas, mine and hers. I'm telling you this because it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how old you are. If the Lord has saved you, if he's forgiven you, he's given you a purpose. It is your responsibility to reach the lost. And I'm going to end with this. Is I was talking to Pastor Rob one time, and he gave me one of the, the best advice to reach out to the lost. He said this. The best, the best, or the, the greatest way to reach out to the lost is through your testimony. It's through what Jesus has done in your life. All it takes is for you guys to be willing to do it. You see, we're called to reach church, not because it sounds cool, not because it, it, it looks cool on a shirt, but we're called to reach church because it's our vision. It's who we are as a church to reach the lost for the kingdom. I want to encourage you guys tonight to make this your vision. To make this your purpose in life. To spread the gospel. To tell people what Jesus has done in your life. Has Jesus changed anybody in here tonight? Has he saved some people tonight? If that's you, if you're saying, Jacob, I want to reach the lost. I want it to be my responsibility. I want that to be my purpose in life. If that's you, I want you to come up. I want you to come out of your seat. Is that anybody here tonight? That say, I want to reach the lost. I don't want to wait for anybody else. 
I don't want to, I don't want to leave behind a person who can be found by Christ. So we're going to pray, and I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. I want you to reach after the Lord right now. So, Father, we pray, God, over everyone here tonight, Jesus, Lord, that they would make a declaration, God, Lord, that they would make it our responsibility to reach the lost. Father, we wouldn't hold it to ourselves. Lord, we wouldn't take it for granted, Lord, but we would reach out every person, God. Lord, that we would stand up for what we believe in, God. Lord, that we would have faith in you, Jesus. Begin to pray. Continue to pray, church. For those of you up here, you could stay here. The Holy Spirit is in this place, that's for sure. You know, it's not an accident that you're here tonight. It's not an accident that you were born in this time and this season, amen? So I appreciate uh, the word that Jacob just gave, talked about reach. How many are thankful that God reached down and saved us, amen? Some of us were in a very deep, dark place, and God rescued us from the pit of hell, snatched us from the flames, amen? And so, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for what you're doing right now, Lord. We thank you right now, Lord, that, that you reached out to us, God. And we know there's no accidents with you, Lord. God, that you brought us here, Lord, because you love us and you have a plan and a purpose, God. You reach us, you restore us, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Before I get started, I, I just have a... a couple something small to share with you guys but i do want to honor my pastors pastor omar sister letty um you know we love them it's their anniversary today and so you know god bless them you know we're sitting here because of their fruits and their labor their, their years of laboring 32 years and we're here because they, they never took their hands off the plow. They kept pursuing and kept going and kept going and kept going. And by the grace of God, we're all here today. Amen. I always ask myself, where would I be without, praise, without Reach Church? Where would I be without Reach Church? Amen. Man. And so I want to honor my pastors. I love them. And uh, real quick, how many are excited for the Reach Conference? Come on. Listen. Before I get, get started, I, I do want to emphasize this. I, we can't emphasize it enough. I want to encourage you guys. Make sure you're there. Do not rob yourself by not going. Do whatever you can. Whatever you can to get there. These conferences are life-changing. They really are. And I think about this whole transition we have in this season in our church. And uh, the vision of our church is summed up in, in, in the name. Reach Church. Because we're all about reaching. We're all about reaching. We are, church, we are a church that believes in reach, restore, and release. Because why? Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus, that's what Jesus did. And, and so tonight, I just briefly, I want to share two stories with you in the Bible that highlight reaching, restore, and releasing. And the first one is found in John chapter 4. And I'm just going to read a small uh, portion of scripture because we all know this scripture and it's a very long uh, uh, monologue but it's a great story and it's it's a woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said to her give me a drink for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food then the woman of Samaria said to him how is it that you being a Jew ask me for a drink a Samaritan woman 
for the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. And if you go on to read that story, uh, Jesus was speaking to this woman. Um, the fact that Jesus even spoke to this woman, a Samaritan woman, uh, who was divorced five times. She was living with a man that was not her husband. In the eyes of society, this woman was a sinner. And yet, Jesus went out of his way to reach her. So Jesus broke many barriers to reach and restore this woman. And so when you have, see the thing with this woman, when you have an encounter with Jesus, just like this woman have, God will, he'll, he'll change your life. He'll begin to change and restore everything, everything that the enemy has stolen or everything that you've done. Amen. See, when you have an encounter with Jesus, though, he'll call out your sin. He'll call out your sin. And I want to tell you that in order to be restored, you're going to have to deal with some sin in your life. Amen. So if Jesus went out of his way to reach this woman, how much more should you and I go out of our way to reach our family members, our, the loved ones, the ones that people say, you know what, man, that guy's gone. Forget about him, right? Some of us were at one time were that person where our family was like, don't invite him to the party because he just makes trouble. But thank God that God saved us and God reached out to us and he actually restored us, amen? We serve a God who can restore anyone. See, the Bible says this woman at the well, I love this part. Because this is the part where she was restored. She had a revelation. She said, you're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the Messiah. You're the Savior of the world. But the Bible says that in John 4, 42, that after her encounter with Jesus, it says this. Many said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. But now we have heard and seen for ourselves that this man is the Savior of the world. And so when, you ha when you've been reached and you've been restored, how many know God will begin to use you to reach and restore to be a light? The whole reason why Jesus came was to restore humanity to God because that relationship was broken. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, God has done all this. He has restored our relationship with him through Christ and has given us this ministry of restoring relationships. In other words, God was using Christ to restore his relationship with humanity. He didn't hold people's faults against them and he, was, and he has given us the message of restored relationship to tell others, to tell others, reach, restore, and release. And so one of the, one of the, here's one of the processes, processes of being restored is dealing with intentional sin in our lives. What do I mean by intentional sin? That's when you go sinning, knowing that you're not supposed to do it, but you do it anyways. And so, and, and a lot of times we're like, man, I can't get breakthrough, man. I, I don't know why this is happening. Maybe it's because you keep playing with the same sin over and over. And the only reason way, the only way you're going to be truly restored is if you say, you know what? You deny yourself, you pick up your cross and you say, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. See, intentional sin, sin will, will hinder your walk with God. You, it, will, it will hinder your walk with God. And so you got to take a stand and say, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. Amen. So this woman knew that what she was doing was wrong, right? But it wasn't until she was confronted that she was able to be restored. The next story I want to highlight real briefly is found in Mark 5. And this is another example of Jesus breaking barriers and traditions for that one soul. You think about the man who was, uh, who was demon-possessed in a graveyard, right? So one, you got to realize Jesus broke the barrier by actually going to a, a Gentile city, 
a Gentile area, but also he was a rabbi. He shouldn't have been in a graveyard because if you go back to the Jewish law, for him to be around anything dead would be considered unclean. But Jesus didn't care about the traditions. He didn't care about, he cared about the one. And all he knew was that there was a man there who needed a touch, who needed an encounter, who needed to be reached and be restored. Amen. And the Bible says that this man was in a graveyard. This man had many, uh, had many demons. He would scream day and night, tormented. He would even cut himself. Outcasted by his family, isolated, lonely. I would say, I think it's safe to say that he was even forgotten. And some of us were that person. where We were outcasted. We were isolated. And some of us have family members that are like that. They're isolated. They're outcasts. But you know what? They need Jesus too, amen? They need Jesus too. And who knows how long this man was like this? The Bible doesn't really clarify how long he was like that. But I'm here to tell you that all it takes is one moment with the Savior. All it takes is one encounter with Jesus that, that he'll set you free, that he'll deliver you, that he can make a, a, make, it, make a way when there seems like there is no way. And I love the way this story ends as well. Because in Mark chapter 5, uh, 18 through 20, he says, and when he got into the boat, talking about Jesus, he who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go to your home. I'm sorry. Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him. And, and all were marveled. And see, I, lo I love that story because that's a story that I can relate to. That's a story that you can relate to. Is that when God came and he, he healed him, he delivered him, he set him free. And this man, if you, if you can paint the picture in your mind, this man wanted to do nothing else but be with Jesus. But Jesus said, no, no, you've, you, I've reached you. I'm restoring you. You've been restored to your right state of mind. But now I have work for you to do. I have people for you to reach. And the Bible says he went back to his city. He went back to his city to reach him and tell him that there's a God who reached and restored him. And so when Jesus restores you, you can't help but, but tell people about it, right? You can't help tell people about what God has done in your life. And so in finishing and closing, my conclusion, when, when someone is restored... It's always better than it was to begin with. God's promises to us is a better way, a better life, is a better future. Better future for ourselves and for our loved ones. God will take that which was broken and put it together again and make it better than it ever was. And that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's the truth. That's the truth. I know exactly what it's like. And, and so I want to encourage you guys right now. Those of you who, you, you might say, man, I'm, I'm struggling right now. I, I, I can't get breakthrough. Could it be that you might be, you might be uh, dabbling in other things? Could it be that you might be having some, something else going on? And you know, see, you can fool every, we can fool everybody, but we can never fool ourselves and we can never fool God. And so if you want true breakthrough, if you need, you say, man, God, I'm tired of playing these games then I want to encourage you to lift your hands and you need to repent and ask God, God, forgive me for playing games. Forgive Because it all starts with the re repentance, amen? And you know, you know and God knows. 
But because, and, and it's not to, uh, for condemnation. It's because God wants to restore you because there's people waiting for you. There's people waiting for you to get it right. So just do me a favor. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Father, thank you right now. Thank you, Lord, for the gospel. God, thank you, Lord, for your presence. God, thank you, Lord that you reached us, God, Lord, and that you restore us, Lord, that you love us so much, God, that you were willing to die on the cross for us, God. Thank you, Lord. Father, tonight, Lord, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray, God, that you would restore, Lord, that you would continue to restore, Lord, every heart in your God. Lord, let us be completely sold out to you, Father. Lord, we owe you everything, God, and we thank you right now, Lord. Father, have your way in this place, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, if you can just, just worship, he's good. Come on, thank him that he's restored you. Thank him that he's restored you, amen. Welcome to keep an attitude of worship. We don't, you're welcome to stay up here up front. You don't have to go back to your seat. But I just want to share with you guys just a thought. And I was thinking about throughout my life and my walk with God, I was thinking about all the limitations that I have put on God reacting in my life. And, and as I think back on all the limitations, I used to be insecure about that I couldn't speak in front of people. I couldn't read God's word correctly. I would tell myself all these lies and I would be in a season for years and years, years and years trying to find God's purpose for my life. And, and I remember thinking about, well, God, what's your will for my life? And I, I would tell God I wouldn't hear anything. I wouldn't, and, I, and I'd be like, God, what's going on? It's been several years. Again, what's your will for my life? And I wouldn't hear anything. How many have, how many have been there? And, and you're wondering, you know, what, what is it, Lord? What, what am I doing wrong? And I begin to think about the Israelites. The Israelites wandered for 40 years. They complained for 40 years. And as they were wandering, it even says in Numbers chapter 14, it say, they say, why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Again, they were in a season it was a season of limitation, a season of complaining, where they thought, you know what? God is not going to deliver. But how many of you know the covenant, the, the covenant of Abraham? See, they were complaining, and they were receiving the complaints. They're wandering for 40 years, and they're forgetting the promises of God. Even though it was already promised that, hey, we have an established dominion here on this earth. You're going to have a kingdom. You're going to have a place to lay your head. You're going to have, you're going to have everything you've ever dreamed of if you just remain obedient. And it wasn't until they begin to realize that, that Joshua began to take them into the promised land. See, in other words, they begin to relinquish control. They stopped the complaining. They stopped all those things. They changed the season. And some of us get stuck in this season and it begins to limit ourselves and what God can do for us. See, even the disciples, they, they even, they didn't understand it all. 
as Jesus was walking with them, they weren't realizing that they were walking with a kingdom, that they were walking with dominion, that they had something inside of them, but they didn't realize it yet. See, it says, it says this in Luke chapter 16, verse 17, it says, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. So in other words, they begin to experience that as they're walking with Jesus, physically, that even when they begin to speak his name, the demons began to obey. They were now becoming aware that God is walking with them and they realize, maybe I can relinquish a little bit more. Maybe I'll let my control go a little bit more. And then it says this in, in verse 18, yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy and you could walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. So your names are registered in heaven. In other words, you belong to an established kingdom that Jesus is, is walking with you. And then we get to the day of Pentecost. Jesus had died. It's over with. What are we going to do? The dominion's gone. But the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, Peter begins to preach. And if you guys know the story, the Holy Spirit starts to come upon them. They begin to speak in tongues. They begin to rattle off things. And people are like, what's going on? What's happening? And they're realizing it's the Spirit. And then Peter says this, he says, in Acts chapter two, verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Some of us are acting like we're stuck in a season. But you're forgetting that the Holy Spirit is parked in your heart. It's there. Sometimes I know, I know some of us, we've been, in, we've been in church a long time. We see the power of God move and you're wondering, how come it can't move through me like that? Well, it can. It can. It can move through you like that. But here's what you got to do. You have to release it. You have to let control. Just loosen up your fist a little bit. We may want all these things. We want God to move through us. But you know what? You're still stuck in that season. You're stuck in that mindset. You have that stronghold that's not breaking. And you're wondering, God, what is your will for my life? And God's trying to tell you, it's inside of you. My will is for you to remain obedient to the Spirit. And so, I want to encourage you guys, you walk with a lion inside of you. But sometimes you, you act like you walk with a kitten inside of you. You're forgetting that the Holy Spirit has established Himself in you. If you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, you're walking with a king. Some of us... We don't like 
We don't like giving God control because we want to have control. We feel like God is a foreigner, that we don't want to give him control. Like we don't trust him. If you truly trust God, then you'll give him the control in your life. But it has to start with you releasing. See, we, we just had some amazing preaching from some my friends, my brothers, from, you know, it was just amazing talking about restoration, right? Talking about reaching, but don't forget about release. See, we're a church where we wanna see God, that the Holy Spirit be released inside of you. And so you're probably out there and you're probably like, what is he talking about? Well, we're talking about accepting Jesus into our heart and letting him control our lives. Letting him move inside of us, letting him use us to reach the lost, right? To restore the wicked, right? And to be released unto do the godly things that he wants us to do. So if that's you, and maybe you don't know who Jesus Christ is, but you want him in your life. Maybe you're like, wait, I, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could accept Jesus into my life. Yes, you can. You don't have to know everything. You just need to relinquish control. But if you want Jesus Christ in your life, you have not received him as your personal Lord and Savior, I want you to lift your hand right now. I'm not going to embarrass you. We're not going to embarrass you. Ushers, help me out. I could barely see up here back there. If anyone at all, is there anyone at all? We don't want you to miss out on this opportunity because we're going to change the order of service, but we want to give an opportunity for those to, to, to accept Jesus into their personal lives. Is there anyone at all? Raise your hand. We're not going to make you speak into the mic. If you're feeling heaviness in your heart, it's probably because the Holy Spirit is telling you to do something and you need to respond. Is there anybody at all? Lift your hand across this place. Anyone at all? I think we have one over here. We got one right here. Anyone else? Anyone else want to join this brave hand? Is there anyone else that wants to join this brave hand? Come on up. Amen. Praise God. Anyone else? Listen, we're going to change the order of service. You don't want to miss the opportunity to change your life. To change your life. To begin to move in a different direction. To turn everything around. Anyone else? Amen. Can we get someone to pray with her? Amen. All right, we got Marla Prefer. Amen. Okay, church, listen, we're going to change the order. I want to make a second call. See, I just talked about the Holy Spirit. Some of you don't understand that. You know what? I have a king inside of me. I walk with kingdom, a kingdom mindset. I have dominion. And maybe you're saying, you know what? I've been asking for the Holy Spirit to move in my life, but I haven't felt him move in my life. I don't know if I have evidence of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if I operate with the Holy Spirit. If that's you, I want you to come to the front. Begin to come to the front right now. If you're saying, you know what? I don't know if the Holy Spirit is in my life. I don't know if he's actually moving in my life, but I want him. Maybe you're like, hey, you know what, Rob? I don't know if, if the Holy Spirit is operating. All I know is I'm just going. And you're saying, I can't get to that next level because the Holy Spirit's not operating in my life. Is there anyone at all? Let's come to the front. Let's come to the front. Maybe you're right here right now and you're saying, you know what, I wanna speak in tongues. I wanna learn how to operate in the Spirit. I want you to begin to pray where you're at. Begin to pray where you're at right now. Begin to ask God, God, I want more of you. Lord, I want more of you in our lives. Jesus, I want your Spirit to begin to take over our heart. I want your Spirit to, to, to begin to, 
tell me to loosen up. I want the Holy Spirit. If you speak in tongues, begin to speak in tongues right now. Begin to move right now. Come on, church, begin to press in. Begin to press in right now. Begin to release the spirit that's inside of you. Begin to talk to God. Maybe you're operating in the spirit. Maybe you want to, you, 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 you commonly dwell in the spirit. Begin to operate and release it right now. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.